0: Φίλοι μου, γεια σα. Είμαι ο Χριστόφορος Χριστοφή και σα καλωσορίζω στο Legal Matters Podcast. Καταρχά, θέλω να ευχαριστήσω για τη μεγάλη αποδοχή που έχει η ότια εκδοχή του Legal Matters που ξεπερνά τα χίλια downloads ανά επεισόδιο. Αν βρίσκετε το περιεχόμενο του Legal Matters χρήσιμο, θα βοηθούσε πολύ στη διάδοσή του εάν βαθμολογούσατε το podcast μέσω της εφαρμογής που χρησιμοποιείτε στο κινητό σας. Αυτό μπορεί να γίνει από το κινητό στην κεντρική σελίδα του podcast, σε οποιαδήποτε εφαρμογή, είτε στο Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast κλπ, όπου υπάρχει προς το τέλος της σελίδα, επιλογή «Ratings and Reviews». Εκεί βάζετε τη βαθμολογία και κάποιο σχόλιο αν θέλετε και με αυτόν τον τρόπο ο αλγόριθμος κάθε εφαρμογή προωθεί τα podcasts σε άτομα που ενδιαφέρονται για παρόμοια θεματολογία. Σας ευχαριστώ πολύ και καλή ακρόαση. Welcome everyone. Uh, today's podcast will be in English as my guest today is uh, Israeli's ambassador to Cyprus, Oren Anolik. Ambassador, welcome to Legal Matters. Thank you so much for accepting uh, the invitation. And um, uh, I'm glad, I'm very glad that you are here to discuss about uh, the recent situation in Israel and Gaza. Um, Usually, I start my podcast by asking my guest to share a little bit of his or her background. And in your case, apart from the fact that you are the tallest diplomat in the <laughs> Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you were born, where did you study, what did you study?
1: Gladly. And first of all, thank you for having me here. It's a real honor for me. Thank you very much um so i was born and raised in israel um i i went to a high school which actually focused mostly on mathematics physics electronics mm. i was certain i was going to be a an engineer mathematician uh more an engineer than mathematician mm-hmm. i have to say okay then a military service like mm-hmm. every israeli i was an officer in the telecommunication corps how and many that, months uh, almost four years four years yes, yes. Oh. this is how it is I three, it, it was three years mandatory, and then an additional year as an officer, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, university. I, when I went to university, I changed direction. I studied accounting because I thought it's important to have a, a stable profession that you can actually provide for a family with. Mm-hmm. With political science, which for me was for the heart and soul because I like the issues. And I haven't, when I started, I haven't imagined that I would actually be working in this. Uh, really yes in this profession okay. and in the last year of the of university they came from the ministry of foreign affairs and they gave us a presentation i was like um mm, interesting, interesting. <laughs> maybe i should try okay. i didn't think i have a good chance to be accepted it's a long process but they accepted me and i had to choose whether i want to be an accountant or a diplomat and i chose diplomacy so i'm a much poorer person now yes but richer in experiences To <laughs> okay. say, and i'm
0: not regretting it for a second if you studied accounting you think you would be richer
1: I think so. Okay, I, th- I know how much I earn <laughs> as a as a public servant, so I think yes. So,
0: w- were you interested into politics from your young age? Was it something
1: like? Uh... I was always a curious child. I was always mm-hmm. interested in what's going on around me. I was reading newspapers from a younger age. I, I can't say I was interested in politics per se. I was inter- interested in 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 knowledge. I always gathered information, tried to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. I was very good in geography. I knew the, I, mean, I knew the map of the world and things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed studying political science at university because there was like it was useful. My knowledge was useful for a second. Yes. And I could and I could see things beyond what I just in read in the newspaper with some yes. kind of analysis mm-hmm. or some mm-hmm. kind of models that made it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um after I graduated from, from university and I, I joined the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, I also met uh the, the person who was to be my wife. Mm-hmm. We I started my wedding ministry of foreign affairs, we got married, and then we started the career of. 28 years in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Cyprus actually is my fourth mission abroad. The first one is an ambassador, but the fourth abroad. Mm -hmm. I served in Eritrea, East Africa. Uh, I was in Prague, Czech Republic, and also in Washington DC in the United States. And I also said several positions in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Mm -hmm. Israel and Jerusalem, including the director of the department for the non-proliferation of weapons of mass destruction is a long title to say i was dealing a lot mm-hmm. with the iranian nuclear program from a diplomatic point of okay. view i was the head of our equivalent to our Diploma- diplomatic academy mm-hmm. and i was also the head of the bureau for policy planning in the ministry of foreign affairs which is some sort of a, a in-house think tank so you have like 30 years career in the
0: diplomatic service or more 28 years 28 years and how many years was it in israel and
1: uh, it's, it's been nine, 11 years abroad and 17 mm-hmm. years in Israel Okay, so far. Yeah, and this is your first post as, as ambassador, right? This is my first post as ambassador. Is it a promotion? Of course. <laughs> it, it is a promotion to be an ambassador <laughs> yeah. and also to be an ambassador in Cyprus. The ambassador in Cyprus today is, it, look, it's not, maybe it's not London, okay, let's yes. not exaggerate, but Cyprus today is of of strategic importance to Israel and, yeah. and i can tell you if I, I, from from my first day here mm-hmm. uh, there are so many issues that we are dealing with mm-hmm. uh if it's security and defense if it's energy if it's the trade and investment if it's health uh, if it's political issues are uh, plenty cultural issues people to people um uh, it, it's it's a busy yes. it's a busy post for us mm-hmm.
0: And that you 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 said you were married. You have three children, right? That is correct. And uh, tell us a little bit about. I, I was married. I'm
1: divorced now. Yes. Um, I have three children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a 24-year-old son. He uh, he finished almost five years of service in the in the Israeli in the in military. Mm-hmm. He is supposed to. He was supposed to start these days um, his BA in data analysis in the Technion in Haifa. It's been postponed a little bit now because of the war. I have a 21-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. She is a combatant soldier. She's actually now guarding one of the villages that was infiltrated by Hamas on October 7th. She's uh, near Gaza, six kilometers from the Gaza Strip. Okay. Yes, this is where she is, and she's she's on guard. Mm-hmm. And my youngest one, uh, he is a is a is in high school, he's high a school. student. Mm-hmm. He's 16 years old. He's in 11th grade. And all my children, not surprisingly, are also very tall, or the way I like to stay. <laughs> my daughter is one meter eighty-five centimeters. 185. And she's the shortest among my children. Okay. How uh, what is your height? Two meters. Two
0: meters. Yes. Okay. D- do you play basketball or <laughs> do you get this question a lot?
1: I don't get this question a lot, ah. only every day. Least, okay. not, not a lot. Uh, it's but, like me
0: with my hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think go to the yes. same hairdresser, I think. Um Never as a professional, never, mm-hmm. never, never. Yes. As a child, I was quite talented, so mm-hmm. I was playing in the in, the, in school yes. in the school team, but I I left this behind many mm-hmm. many years ago. I still like it, but not, nothing more than it. So, Ambassador, uh, do you have a daily contact with your
0: daughter now? I mean, she's we, she's in a war zone, let's say. Yes,
1: we we try to have a daily contact. Mm-hmm. To have a sign, what we call a sign of life, every day. Yeah. It's either every day or every two days, and also me and and my ex-wife, whenever one of us is in touch with her, informs the other, so we'll be we know it's okay. Um I I, I, I'll tell you something which I which I already said in a different interview, but but I think it's relevant here just to explain the situation from as a father also. Yes. Most of the time I I can speak to myself and say objectively, okay. She's not just your little girl. She's a trained soldier. She, she has weapons. She knows how to use the weapons. She's with her team. Uh, they are all you know, trained Train. soldiers. She knows how to protect herself. And, and this gives me- uh, A no, comfort. It's this, this comfort, this confidence. And then sometimes something can happen that reminds me again how- that She's things. your daughter, yeah. And I think the best example for this happened um, about two weeks ago when my ex-wife called me over the phone and I picked up the phone and she just started crying and when she started crying my instinct was something happened to my daughter this was the instinct like and I started saying what, what happened what happened what happened and and then she realized mm-hmm. what she did she said oh no no she's okay she's okay she's okay and she explained to me why she was so emotional she was in the funeral of another uh, young woman soldier who actually died murdered in this attack by Hamas and and she went. She attended the funeral, and the mother of the soldier. She she spoke to the uh, okay. to the audience, and she spoke about her child and how, how she was like. And it made uh, my ex-wife very emotional, and she wanted to mm-hmm. share this with me. So this is why she called me. But she was still weeping. So this was a moment that I I could I could sense. You know, that that underneath this objective uh, way of seeing things, there is this layer mm. of anxiety which is there. Which is there, but most of the time it can be controlled.
0: Does the fact that you, you, your child, your daughter, is uh, in the field, does it change your perspective of how you you see the situation? No, as a as a diplomat, or it does absolutely not.
1: Okay, regardless of the fact whether my mm-hmm. daughter was there or not, mm-hmm. uh, I I see the situation in a very clear way as a as, a, as an Israeli as a diplomat. Uh, as a patriot and as understanding um, why are we there, mm-hmm. what is the purpose of our, of our being in Israel, and what do we need to do to make sure that we can continue and survive in this mm. very uneasy neighborhood. Yes. Uh, Ambassador, do you have an update for us as to the
0: current situation today? is is, is I read today in the papers that there was uh, some movement by the Israeli army in the Gaza Strip to open some corridors. Um, this, can you tell us a little bit about this, and also about the number of hostages, the number of casualties, and so on?
1: If, if you allow me, before giving an update, I have to say something as 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 a basis to this this, to this discussion because mm-hmm. I think that that not all people fully understand. To what extent what happened on october 7th has traumatized israel has changed the face of the country um and has a huge impact on on what we need to do right now i think it's important to start with this before giving an update okay israel was brutally attacked on october 7th this was uh, a vicious cruel attack uh, on civilians um that that goes deep into the into our DNA, it goes deep into the identity of us as Israelis. You know, this is the homeland of the Jewish people. For centuries, for millennia, uh, we were uh, persecuted, oppressed. We went through different kind of uh, uh, pogroms and other atrocities, and of course the Holocaust. And the, the, the basic reason for, for having a, a homeland of our own was the understanding that in this place we will be safe we have the, the we have the the, the means and the, peace and the capability to defend ourselves we will not be uh, helpless anymore and and this was shaken on october 7th and i watched i watched television on sunday morning israeli television and there were phone calls made on, live to the uh, to the anchorman in the studio from people that were in the shelters, in those villages that were infiltrated, and they are whispering on the phone saying, I'm in the shelter, there are terrorists inside our house, we need help, please come and help us. And there's nothing we can do. But everybody in Israel listens to this and sees this. The horror was just unimaginable. unimaginable. Mm. So this, this is what it touches us. No, The people, most of the people that were living in those communities across from Gaza, were very much pro peace people. These are people that used to vote for for uh, um, for parties in Israel, like the Labour Party or Meretz, that are very much pro peace. They were arguing with the government and with the IDF, saying, "We want more people from Gaza to come and work here because it gives them more opportunity. It gives them the possibility to take care of themselves. So please give us more of them." And one of the one of the shocking things we discovered is. That some of those people that came and work in those communities actually supplied Hamas with very detailed information. We can see charts of a of a whole community, each house, who lives in this house, how many children are there, do they have a dog in, or in not? In what context they supplied Hamas in as intelligence context? to prepare them for their for this for their attack. This is just one example. One of the okay. I, I think you saw the, the one of the ladies that were was uh, freed yes. recently yes. from he, from captivity. Two days ago, the yes. old lady. Her husband, what he used to do was to take Palestinians from Gaza and take them into Israeli hospitals so they can be taken care of. So these are the people that Mm -hmm. were attacked so viciously, so Mm -hmm. brutally by those terrorists. So this is how you are shaken. The whole idea of having any kind of of trust now, any kind of discussion about future living is very hard for for the the Israeli Mm -hmm. mindset. What we understood, and this is the the big change is, that we are neighboring um, an ISIS kind of regime. It's it's a terror organization that has a terror state and a terror army. And even though we were hoping that maybe through some sort of economic um, relief, and if we speak about uh, infrastructure uh, projects in Gaza and and get, get them possibility to earn, maybe we can tame it somehow so it can... Stay contained. Contain it. Yeah. We discovered this is impossible. We discovered that all of this was used by him to prepare for this operation, for this attack. And therefore, for us, it's obviously clear there is no way we can continue living when on our on our border there is ISIS controls the the, 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 the territory. Therefore, the goal of what we are doing right now is to eliminate. eliminate the capabilities of Hamas, to eliminate his capabilities both militarily and administratively. So he cannot control Gaza. We are not, we understand that we cannot erase the idea of Hamas or the ideology of Hamas or even have Hamas supporters. This is not the goal. The goal is to make sure that there is no apparatus there anymore that can control this. I mean, every, every historic analogy is always flawed, no doubt about it. But just to give a sense of it, we are fighting the Nazi regime. If we don't m- remove this regime, you can never build a new Germany in this sense. So if you want to have any kind of a future in this region, we have to remove this regime, this ISIS, this, this those monsters for being in power in Gaza. Yeah. Um, you asked me for an update, and I didn't answer about the yes, update.
0: So, yes, first, uh, I think it, it. if you have some update for us, I mean, Besides the things we are reading in the newspapers and the websites, what is the situation like right now? Uh, okay, here's the situation.
1: We are preparing for um, for uh, uh, some sort of, of, of a ground attack because without the ground attack, it doesn't seem that we will be able to fulfill the the goals of the, of the war. The ground
0: but, attack relates to North Gaza only, and that is why you told the Palestinians to leave the northern part and go to the
1: south. I, I would answer you honestly I don't really know okay. I'm not a military expert okay I don't really know how this is going to take up t- take uh, take place what's going to happen exactly I don't know I don't want to say anything which I cannot um uh, stand behind mm, yes I don't know it sounds reasonable to me what you are saying we mm. want uh, the area to be as pas- as much as possible without civilians so we'll be able to do the job we need to do um, but it doesn't mean that the southern part of Gaza is necessarily a safe zone. A safe zone is a is a very um, problematic term because once you say, oh, this is a safe zone, you know what you create there? A magnet for terrorists. This mm-hmm. is exactly what they do. Yes. We go there and they will stay there. So there is no such thing as a safe zone. But we are very aware of the situation in Gaza. We are very aware of the humanitarian situation. We are monitoring it very carefully because we don't want to create... Humanitarian disaster in Gaza, yes. and there is no humanitarian crisis in Gaza right now. And I will explain this if you want. Just give one more second. Um, but we we need to go ahead and, and 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 finish this job that we are that we are up to. So, when exactly it's going to happen? I don't know. Yes. How exactly? I don't know as well. What is important to understand in this regard is that we are focusing on Gaza. We have no interest in expanding the front. We don't want a second front in the north. We want, don't want a second front anywhere else. We want to concentrate on Gaza, and this is why we are containing the daily attacks coming from Hezbollah in the north. We are containing this. I, I can speak more about the, yeah. the st- strategy. But
0: yeah, you, you said that it was uh, the, the terrorist attack came as a shock to to the Israeli people, and I, I understand what you mean about the, um, the, the the feeling of the loss of the sense of security that the Israeli people had before, at least within uh, the state of, of Israel. It was like a, a violation of, of your security, of your integrity and so on. Uh, the question is put on the table about the degree of the response. So everybody agrees that Not everybody, most of the Western uh, people uh, agree that it was a terrorist attack. Uh, We agree that Israel has the right to defend itself. And the question arises about the response and the question of proportionality. But from what you are saying, uh, if the target is to eliminate Hamas altogether, then Proportionality doesn't even come into play, does it? Because you will no, do I, anything that is needed to eliminate uh, Hamas.
1: There, there is, I think there's a misconception about the term proportionality, and I will try to explain. Um, the degree of response has to be in in proportionality to the threat that you see. And the threat that we see is not those 1,000, 1,500 terrorists that actually infiltrated Israel and we need just to kill them. This is not the threat that we see. We see a much bigger threat coming from Hamas continuing to rule Gaza because Hamas, if he continues to rule Gaza, it's just a matter of time before he does another attack or another attack. As, As long as Hamas is there, there is no security in Israel. So the proportionality has to be seen in comparison, first of all, to the threat you need to eliminate. This is in the, in the broader scheme of things. This is the threat. Hamas controlling Gaza is the threat. We need to eliminate this threat. So therefore, this is the response. By the way, it's if you look at it even in a, in a more broader scope, Hamas is not alone. Hamas is just one arm of the octopus that its head is in Tehran. And Israel is surrounded. We can see Hezbollah in the north, which is a proxy of Iran. We can see both Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad in the south, in Gaza. We can see the Houthi in a, sorry in in the Yemen. We can see the, the the different proxies in Iraq and in Syria. This is the scope of the entire threat. It's a huge threat. But in, in this regard, we're looking at Hamas controlling Gaza as the threat. This is one. Secondly, per each and everything that is being done by Israel in Gaza, there's also a question of proportionality. What does this mean? It means that when you attack a target, you need to estimate... What is the military advantage you can make out of this attack? And this is against what kind of civilian damage can be caused by this attack. If the civilian damage is excessive in comparison to the military advantage, then this is not proportional. I'll try to give an example.
0: And who will make this assessment? The the Israeli army? The assessment is
1: being done by the Israeli army. This is how it is always. It's not not our invention. This is part of, of international law. But let me give an example if mrs ihya sinwal thinks that this is a good time to spend with her husband during these times this is a big mistake because he's a huge asset and if we can find him and we can target him we will kill him even if his wife is next to him because when we make this evaluation of okay a civilian will die but we can take out the 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 mastermind of this of this attack very sorry this is collateral damage but if this is the cook in the canteen, in the training camp of Hamas, I don't think we'll do it. it, it, but it it's it, not the same. This is what Ambassador, I'm saying. Is this one, one, Israeli... I, I have to say one more thing in this yes. regard. Looking at pictures, looking at footage coming of Gaza and saying, oh, I know what happened here, mm-hmm. is not the way to uh, to, to understand whether, whether there was a proportionality here or not. What is, according to international, what you need to know is what happened in the point that you make the decision. If you made a decision and you knew, okay, as far as I know, in this place there are no civilians, so I can target this place. But apparently later on, uh, it was discovered without us knowing there were 20 civilians that that were killed. This is very unfortunate. This is very regrettable, but this is not against international law. Okay, there's no way, there is no full knowledge about anything, never. This war is a chaos. There's a lot of fog. We are trying to be very, very accurate in what we are doing.
0: But the fact of the matter is, though, that so far we have 6,000 Palestinian dead and 1.2 million people how do you displaced know? How well, do you, from the poor? How do you know? That's no. a good
1: question. How do you know there are 6,000 Palestinian dead? From BBC deaths? News. How do BBC News? How do they know? you know? Well, I've, I've, I'm watching, I'm, I'm reading the reporting. How does BBC know how many people died in Gaza? I'll help you in the answer. Yeah. They get the reports from the Hamas-controlled Ministry of Health. Yes. So you are... You, the world is taking mm-hmm. the words of a terror organization and say, mm-hmm. oh, this is the result on the ground. Yes. There is no fact-checking. There's nothing of this sort. Mm-hmm. Just take what they're okay. saying. Once Do you I, have a different assessment I, as, as I, an Israeli side? I, I don't know. I cannot. Okay. What I'm saying is these numbers should be taken very, very cautiously. This is one. Secondly, yes. secondly mm-hmm. I can say this. Majority of the people that were killed in Gaza were terrorists. I can, I can stand behind this statement because Hamas doesn't want you to know this. So they are, they are covering this up. But this is the truth. Thousands out of those numbers that you said are terrorists. Are there also civilians killed? Yes, mm-hmm. there are. Is it something that we are trying to achieve? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. We are not targeting civilians. This is precisely why we are telling the, civ- the population, move south. We don't want civilians dead. Yes. You know who wants civilians dead? Hamas. Hamas. Okay,
0: look, I, I accept your statement that you don't want civilians uh, that I mean, I have no problem to to accept that this is your genuine position, okay? Uh, on the other hand, though, we see the images on television from the uh, TV channels, and there is a distraction going on uh, in in Gaza. From the images, we see the hospitals.
1: No, the, no hospitals.
0: The, the, well, I mean, the, 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 the head of the Israeli army said that there would be no petrol supply to the hospitals because it was stolen. From the UN delegation by Hamas, there is no electricity, no water. So, do you disagree that there is a humanitarian crisis on the ground? Yes, I
1: disagree. disagree. I, dis- I disagree. I'll, I'll okay. explain. Don't don't. I don't. Want to, don't get me wrong. Is the situation in Gaza is good? No, uh, it's not a great great place to stay in. Is it a humanitarian crisis? I say no. And I'll try to give some example as to why this is not a humanitarian crisis. Let's start with water, as an example. Yeah. Israel, before the war, used to supply less than 10% of the water of Gaza. The rest of the water is being supplied by Gaza itself. They have three desalination facilities and they have wells of their own. These have electricity either by generators or solar, etc. And they keep on working okay. and supplying. Out of um, the pipelines that were connected from israel to gaza one was destroyed by hamas because, because hamas rocket and the other one is connected and we supply water try to think about this we supply water to the population of our enemy that our enemy is actually enjoying electricity same thing it's not great but there is electricity for for um for the um uh, emergency needs of of gaza there is no shortage of food there's no shortage of medicine there is a uh, um, uh, there, there is there is um, access to to healthcare. Again, is it is it a wonderful situation? But is it great It's
0: The United Nations says otherwise. I mean, there are announcements by the United Nations, by the Red Cross, and they say that there is a huge humanitarian issue there. The there is humanitarian General. issue. Yes, I mean,
1: you said you asked me about the crisis. Yes, saying there is, saying there is food and there is there I mean, is food and there is medicine. I I I, I can stand behind what I'm say, saying right now. There is. Is it a wonderful situation? It is not. Is it a, a difficult? Yes. It is. We are carefully monitoring this. We are in touch with the UN agencies on the ground, so we know what are the needs. The the ones that you should point the finger at, actually, first of all, is Hamas. Mm-hmm. Hamas is Hamas is the is the sovereign entity in Gaza. It is its responsibility to take care of the people in Gaza. Does he do this? He does not do this. It's first of all its responsibility. Nobody is talking about this, but he is still he is, stealing, he is stealing the petrol from the we, from Anra. We
0: have accepted that this whole thing started by the not terrorists. attack. no, yeah. but not yes, just started. It, it's one thing to start the the terrorist attack, and then we have the retaliation by Israel, and it's another thing the humanitarian aspect.
1: It's not an, sorry. It's not another thing. This is a thing. It's, it's not to be separate. No, the, the
0: Israeli head, uh, sorry, the the, the, the chief of, of the army of Israel. I, I I've seen him myself on television, and he said that there will be a siege of uh, of Gaza. And I understand the strategy behind this, which we is to drain the resources of uh, Hamas and so forth, which to one degree is understandable. But on the other hand, you have two million people there.
1: Two so things. First of all, sorry. Okay. First of all, there is no... There's no siege because humanitarian aid does come in from Egypt into Gaza, mm-hmm. according, by the way, to our international obligations. We do this. We allow humanitarian aid coming into Gaza, okay? Even though it's not necessarily popular in Israel, but it's what we do. Okay. Then, uh, sorry.
0: Uh, I mean, there is a, an, an announcement uh, by the United Nations today, which talks about 1.4 million people displaced. Mm-hmm. And the the World Health Organization also warned that it is almost impossible for patients in hospital in northern Gaza
1: to be evacuated. So, What's your comment on that? My comment is the same. It's not a nice situation. It's a difficult one. I'm not saying anything else than this, Mm -hmm. but we are at war. This is a war. This this is what people try. This is not another Mm -hmm. round that we do some kind of a... a, We need to finish this war. For us, this is like Raqqa. Or Musul, when 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 you, when we're fighting ISIS, there's no other option. We are doing our best. Okay. So one, one second, one second. We're yes. doing our best mm-hmm. to try to mitigate and try to limit the the what happens to the population. We do more. We do more, mm-hmm. which is to think about it. We do more for the population than the people that's supposed to take care of the population because it's Hamas' responsibility. He took control over Gaza. Mm-hmm. It's his responsibility. But the decision he's making is always he always is. I'm going to sacrifice my own people. Yes. So it's nice to come to Israel and say, "Oh, you should be behave mm-hmm. differently." Mm-hmm. Even though we are behaving according to our obligations and saying nothing about the one that's supposed to take care of, of the people themselves, they do nothing about this. They are enjoying their own people dying and suffering for them. Palestinian dead Palestinians for Hamas is an asset. Oh, we can celebrate about this. Yes. Look at what happened at the hospital. No, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful point. Mm-hmm. What happened in this hospital in northern Gaza? Something happened. There was an explosion. People died. Automatically, Israel is being accused. Everybody is saying, it's Israel, it's Israel, it's Israel. It takes some time for the information to get out. And it's obvious. Everybody that is willing to look at the facts, he understands. What happens there was that the Palestinian misfired a rocket. But it landed in the parking lot yes. of the hospital and killed their own people. Mm-hmm. This is the facts. But the facts... Don't seem to be matter so much to many many people. Well, c- certainly there is a lot
0: of disinformation and a lot of. Uh, but
1: there is a role here for the sides. for the media to play. Yes. The, both the New York Times and the BBC had to apologize mm-hmm. for how they covered this because it's easy to first of all come and say, "Oh, Israel, Israel." No, there's is some. There has to be some responsibility here. We take the responsibility. We act according to our mm-hmm. obligations. Okay. But it cannot be that only things are coming only to us. Okay. We are at war, we have goals to achieve. We, By the way, you want to you want to finish the suffering in Gaza in one second? Tell Hamas to surrender. Surrender! You cannot beat Israel, you know that. You know, it's going to be a lot of suffering. Just lay down your arms, come out with your hands in the yes. air. Nobody has to suffer. But you know this will not happen. Why not? Why do you say this? Why do you say it will not happen? Because you because, accept, because, you accept no, no. The, the terms that say, oh, there are terrorists and nothing to speak with them about. But you are you are putting no. you are putting all of the honors only on not you personally mm-hmm. on Israel when this is not the case. Honors should be put on the people that brought the situation to where it is right now.
0: Yeah, I agree with this, and I told you that my, my starting point and a lot of people's is Hamas. Is this whole thing started uh from Hamas but continues. Uh, and continues and
1: and continues, not just started. Yeah, okay
0: let's discuss about this Please, this is a discussion <laughs> yes yeah,
1: we, so we can you, agree to disagree do you, know? do you
0: accept the assertion that hamas does not represent all the palestinian people yes yes i mean the palestinians at the gaza strip primarily so I'm no go. this
1: is not the case okay let's let's be reminded of the fact. Yeah. hamas two things about hamas first hamas is popular among Palestinians, in the last time there were elections for parliament in, uh, in Palestinian Authority, he won the election to, in the parliament. First of all, two thousand six. Yes. Secondly, mm-hmm. Hamas took control of Gaza through a coup d'état, a, a brutal one against its own people, against the Palestinian Authority, and he he killed yes. hundreds of them, other Palestinians in some very brutal ways. This is this is let's start with. But once you took control over the territory, you have. It doesn't matter if you're an terrorist organization, you have obligations also towards your own population. In those 17, 16 years, 17, 16 years that passed since Hamas took control of Gaza, what did he invest in? What was his priorities? Its population, making sure that life is better in Gaza somehow? No. You remember, I don't remind you, but there was not a single soldier in Gaza from Israel. There was not a single settlement in Gaza because we disengaged from Gaza. So Hamas could have built Gaza if this was what he wants to do. But Hamas, one more second. Hamas, Hamas has a very clear vision and its vision is I need to kill Israelis and I need to get them out of Israel because I don't, I don't care about peace. I don't care about coexistence. I want an Islamic Palestinian state from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean, yes, that's the, what I want
0: Basador, let's talk about the Palestinian people the, the, the simple Palestinian people that, that voted for Hamas they voted for Hamas, one question is what choice they had, I mean did they have any other choice, yes. and another question is after Hamas took over did the Palestinians have the chance to flee, to leave to go to somewhere else when, to, I mean
1: when from you're my asking, perspective you're asking me why
0: no, I'm telling you that oh, oh, from my perspective and from what I understand, the Palestinians are enclaved there, and they are also enclaved by Hamas.
1: And again, and, and they, they have no option. Again, options. let's 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 look at Israel. Should we let them into Israel? Should we let those Palestinians that want to, kill us to go into Israel? I don't think so. Even mm-hmm. though we let them work there and come, to, but we don't bring them into Israel. They have another border. They can also go to Egypt if they want. But, but Egypt, Egypt doesn't accept them. So why, again, you're asking me is as if this is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. This is, first of all, Hamas' responsibility and it's not mine. Hamas, after he took uh, uh, control of Gaza, the international community tried to persuade them to join the peace process. They said you have to accept the quartet terms, the ones that were accepted by the Palestinian Authority. You need to recognize Israel, you need to stop violence, and you need to recognize the agreement that we already signed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to do it. Yes. So there are decisions made by Hamas that mm-hmm. affect the people in Gaza and I get the question, why is this a situation? Ask them. Mm -hmm. They need to give the answer to this.
0: I'm asking for for your assessment, because if you you agree with me that the the Palestinians don't really have a choice, they cannot leave, they cannot overthrow Hamas, Hamas is a terrorist organization, and it acts as such, then we need to to answer the question, what does a Palestinian... uh, can do to protect himself or, or uh, and his family. I mean, they have no options at the end of the day, and they and they are staying there to be killed, and where, either by Hamas. Where, where or... Where does this?
1: But where does this lead us? Where does this lead us? Whose responsibility is it? Who needs to do something about what you are saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have poor Palestinians stuck in Gaza, have very very few options to do. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very sorry to hear that. I yes. don't want people to suffer, but what do you expect me to do about mm-hmm. this? This is my so, question. Uh, Just say, no, there are miserable people all over the world. Yes. in Africa, in Eastern, in 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 other places, there are miserable people in many places. Mm-hmm. Even Cyprus miserable people. Yes. Okay. What do what, what do you want me, as a representative well, of Israel, to what, do about this? What
0: what I'm trying to understand is what degree of force will be required at the end of the day by Israel to eliminate Hamas. I mean, if yeah. at the end of the day in order to eliminate Hamas, ambassador. You will need to kill or two million Palestinians.
1: That does it, The question is distorted. I'm sorry. Yeah. we don't count it. We don't say okay. We need to uh, to have. We need to kill X number of Palestinians yeah. to get. It does not. We don't want to kill the Palestinians. Yes. we don't want to kill mm-hmm. the Palestinians, especially no, not civilians. We want only to do with Hamas. The way that this is forced upon us, we are trying to do the best in very difficult conditions, and I don't see any other country around the world doing it better than us if we were in the same situation as, as we were. So we are not, we are not bloodthirsty. We're not eager to kill Palestinians. You know, with the force that we have, with our power, with our might, if this was the the way we were thinking, you can kill hundreds of thousands of Palestinians. But this is not how we operate. We try to mitigate and to limit as much as we can the number of uh, of, of, of casualties on the civilian population, mm-hmm. and still it happens. Yes. It happens because of the conditions on the ground. But the choice that we have is, okay, we should be merciful, and maybe 1,000 Palestinians less will be killed, but Hamas stays in power. You know what happens? Thousands of people will die later on. In Israel and in but Gaza, this
0: will not happen now anyway. I mean, even if you eliminate Hamas, there won't be another cells in in Jordan, in uh, in, in in Iran, a rebirth of this terrorist I'm, movement, I'm, and the cycle will be repeated again. So we again. should surrender?
1: No, I mean, there is no way of doing anything. Uh, Look, should, did I, you explore other ways? Many other ways that we explore, that but, this but one second, no, let me. When when the Nazi regime in Germany was eliminated, did the Nazi ideology disappear? There were no other cells that still supported Nazis around the world. There are. When ISIS was taken out of Mosul and Raqqa, the idea of ISIS disappeared as well. It didn't. I'm not saying we can make the idea disappear, which is very unfortunate because this is a a horrible kind of way of life, but we'll discuss it later if you want. Mm -hmm. This is not what we're saying. We are taking out the apparatus. We are taking out the capability to control and rule Gaza and keep on killing Israelis what will come up later we can discuss it later but at the moment the focus is Mm -hmm. to achieve this goal and unfortunately It's not easy. It's not a computer game. It's not a video game. It's not it's not sterile. So
0: you are saying diplomatic avenues have been exhausted and there is no way to have a ceasefire and diplomacy
1: to We are not interested in a ceasefire. A ceasefire keeps Hamas in place. Ceasefire is ceasefire. You are not interested. No. Ceasefire means that the world tells us don't don't take out Hamas. We are we are afraid that you take out Hamas. Don't this is what ceasefire means Mm -hmm. because you cannot negotiate with them. This is what we tried to last sixteen years. Okay, we will not dist- let's keep them there somehow and we will manage with them. We cannot manage with them, these are the, the the cult of death. All they want to do is either kill us or kill themselves or their people. There is no ceasefire there. Is no I understand there. What you're saying, if you want to speak about about uh, solution in the future, after we eliminate Hamas, we can speak about solutions for the future.
0: You know, my problem is that I cannot understand exactly what the plan of Israel is. This is my problem.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I can give you a, a detailed answer, but for no, us, I don't want the, but for us, the
0: details. I mean, the, the st- what is the strategy? I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to, to destroy the Gaza Strip, and this will mean no. that Hamas will go out are,
1: We are not destroying the Gaza Strip. This is not what we okay. are doing. We are looking for, for legitimate targets in Gaza, and there are many of these. Everything which is painted Hamas colors is a legitimate military um, uh, uh, target. And we are going to take away one infrastructure after the other that is being used by Hamas. We're going to kill as many of the of the terrorists as we can. We want to try to decapitate the leadership as possible. Eventually, there will be no possibility for Hamas to rule. How long will it take? I don't know. How exactly on the ground this is being done? I don't know. There are, there's a whole under underground city, city in, in Gaza. Again, it's I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a diplomat. I'm not a military yes. expert. But this is where we are heading. So, and, and the... Th- the, the, the reaction, oh it's but it's difficult. Yes, we know it's difficult. Mm-hmm. We have no option. We have we didn't want it. We didn't go we didn't start this now because mm-hmm. of, oh what a great idea it is now to go into Gaza. No, we were brutally attacked. We people were were butchered in their houses. Mm. People were, you know, women were raped. Babies were decapitated. Horrible things happened. This is why we are there because we will never let it happen again. Yes. Ambassador, would it be different? I mean,
0: in the past, Hamas threw rockets to Israel. You have the Iron Dome and everything. So, if there was just a rocket attack and there wasn't an invasion into Israel, would the
1: situation be different? I mean, I'm trying to. I'm I'm I'm, I'm fascinated by the question. You know, it's unbelievable because you, you say things. And it it is as if you, you, okay. What you are telling me is, is it okay for Hamas to commit war crime repeatedly against Israel? Because every time, because every time that Hamas fires a rocket at Israel, it's deliberate and it's targeted on civilians. That's Mm -hmm. what it does. This is a war crime by Hamas. Uh, can you live with this? Because you, you have some system that can do it.
0: I'm asking if the reaction would have been different.
1: Look, we we are because, we, we were many times under different kind of attacks in Israel.
0: Um, um, fr- from what I understand, what hurt you more is the fact that there was invasion into Israeli territory. I mean, this is this is the critical. You
1: know, di- I
0: think, I think it's, not the, it's not a in mere
1: invasion. It's what happened in this invasion. Yes, and what happened? No, no. Yes, but and as you said I don't before. know how many of the of the of the footage that came out. You had a mm-hmm. chance to see. It's not then. Mm-hmm. You, you know, terror. The whole idea is to ho- to make the people afraid and horrified we were horrified in mm. this sense wow yes wow were, we were horrified limbs were taking out livers and hearts eyes were taking out it's these are the, the this is not a terror attack this is this is coming to us and tell us we want to kill you in whatever brutal way we can we have I don't, I don't want to go in there there are so many examples of, of the hor- horrible things that happen is there a difference between this and a rocket attack? Yes, there is a difference. I would say. Yes, yes. Um,
0: Pandelis uh, asks if the ambassador could solve the issue in any way he wanted. What would he do? Would, do you accept
1: the two-state it, solution? It, it, it depends only on me.
0: I mean, if, if, if it was, if you were uh, the prime minister of Israel, and you and you were taking the decisions.
1: Yeah, well, I know I'm I'm limited in what I can say in this regard. Yes, because, I because I'm not this. I'm not just a, a you are a, a diplomat. I mean, yes. I represent my government, so that's thing I can say, thing yes, I cannot say. Yes, I understand say. this. Look, I, I I'll, I'll answer, then I'll try to explain. Of course, for us, look, I'm not talking about Hamas and Gaza now. I'm talking about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in general. We were always and we will continue to be in favor of a peaceful solution to the problem mm-hmm. through negotiation. Mm-hmm. That was always our position. Currently. People are making some kind of a confusion. As if, oh, may- maybe you can negotiate with Hamas and find a solution. This is not, it was, it was, it has never been an option, not because of us, because of Hamas. And now it is for certain not an option. So there is no way to solve now the situation with Gaza through negotiation or mm-hmm. diplomacy. There is no such a way. Now, in the future, with the Palestinians themselves, I I I always believed and I would like to continue to believe that there is a way that both sides can find a compromise that will allow both of our um, people to find a way to live side by side in respect and in a way that, that we both will be satisfied with. Um, I, I'm just you know, maybe reminding some people that forgot. There was a process. How did the Palestinian Authority come into being? Did the Palestinians win any war against us and, and took it by force? No, it was negotiation that we were the stronger side and we said, very well, let's start this process. And we were the one that let Yasser Arafat come back into the territories. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, looking at us and say Israel doesn't want peace, of course he want peace. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of efforts. To gain peace al- along the years, if it was the Oslo process, if it was the negotiation in two thousand, and the negotiation later on in in, in Annapolis in two thousand and seven, there were many opportunities that we tried. I, I think a question should be addressed more to the Palestinian side that somehow rejected once after uh, uh, one time after the other mm-hmm. whatever options were there on the table for him to get to make peace. Uh,
0: yes, I will address the question to the Palestinian side as well. Um, Yesterday, the the United Nations Secretary-General, he gave a speech at the Security Council, and uh, one of his comments was that the attack of Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. And the obvious implication of that is the history uh, and uh, the the behavior of the Israeli side. And this uh, created a furious response by the Israeli Foreign Minister. Yes, for good reasons, uh, yes and the Israeli government, and the, you asked for the U.N. General's resignation. And uh, uh, my question is, did uh, the Secretary General say anything that is not a fact? I mean, yes, the fact that he, that he said that it was not in a vacuum, obviously he didn't blame, he didn't absolve Hamas of any responsibility because he, cre- he clearly talked about Hamas and he said that Uh, There was a terrorist attack and everything. On the other hand, we have a history and we have UN resolutions that condemned Israel, that say that Israel is an occupying force there. And obviously he was referring to those resolutions as uh, the UN Secretary General. Why do you ask for his resignation?
1: We believe that what he said is unjustified at all and cannot be accepted because the context of what he said is, Mm -hmm. I can understand. This is the context. You can say, I condemn Hamas. Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come in va- To say this, it doesn't come in a vacuum. you ju- justify. Yes, the justification. If it doesn't come in a vacuum, so it, it's probably okay to do something of this sort to Israelis. This is why we are so outraged. This is why we are so outraged. There are plenty of things you can say. Not come in a vacuum? You no. Know, um, 9-11, would he say 9-11 didn't come in a vacuum because what America used to do in the world? It's unbelievable. It's only when it comes... It seems to us... It's only when it comes to Israel, people can feel it, can say whatever they want about Israel.
0: It's not only about Israel, Ambassador, it's everywhere. I mean, if you look at the war in uh, Ukraine between Russia, you have always, you have both sides. Uh, You have one side that says Zelensky wanted to go into NATO and Putin reacted. I mean, people, and we were discussing this before we started. The third part is that we are viewing outside the conflict. We don't know the details. We cannot feel so passionately about the way the involved parties are. And you, you always try to look both sides. Uh, of what the What both coin. sides?
1: Israel and Hamas on both sides? Because what happened? Were you attacked by Hamas? No, no, no. To come and it, say... It's not.
0: It's not. It, it to, was I want, I want a terrorist attack. Very well. Unprovoked and unacceptable by any measure. That's
1: your, what you're saying. That's yes. what he said, but he didn't come in a vacuum yes this is justifying what they did no yes I, I it don't is think so. well we can he, disagree so, about this as yes, well it's course, okay but,
0: uh, f- i mean the way i see it is that he gives the his- historical perspective w- wanting to say that we have a history it's like a divorce two people divorce and there is a history behind i mean it, it doesn't mean that you you absorb or, or that you give um uh, Yes, it does. A justification to yes, Hamas. Yes, it does. So this is how, uh, the, how right. you... Why? Because you, you, if it you... doesn't
1: come in a vacuum, so there mm-hmm. is a reason. There's something that made Hamas do what he did, so we need to understand this. He didn't have to say it. He yes, but is this a reason... He chose to say it. Is this a reason to
0: ask for his uh, resignation?
1: I mean, uh, you, I, the, the, I, I'm mean, i not sure who said this in, in Israel. If, the, think, the foreign I, minister I think, made statements I think in the it was, UN? I think it was actually the ambassador to the United Nations who said uh, okay. that the uh, resignation... Okay. So, we ask for his resignation. Does mm-hmm. this mean he's going to resign?
0: No, he won't, but mm-hmm. I mean, we you, can ask. It's a political statement. It
1: is a political We are very, very furious of what he said. Mm-hmm. There is a reason behind this. Yes. We are we are very crazy. We are very angry about this because the way it's being seen in Israel is justification to what Hamas did. He can yes. say it was distorted. He can say whatever he want. This is how it's being interpreted in Israel. Yes. Okay. So, um,
0: also queen rania gave a very interesting interview did you have the chance to see
1: it? no i just saw the headlines she, <laughs> she made out of it yes it's a pity i i understand by the way it, that she was, your I, I, no yeah. it, it's again people don't want she's to, one-sided people it's not the point people oh. don't want to believe that those horrors mm-hmm. happen so it's easier for them to mm-hmm. come up and say oh maybe there's no evidence maybe there's no fact I understand she was actually she was sent a link to a website that shows her exactly what happened. I don't know if she opened it and saw it, but it's with with all due respect, Mm -hmm. it's very clear what happened there. There are plenty of evidence uh, trying to say, "Well, we don't know that." Come on, come on. At least, at least, be uh, have the decency to say what happened is horrible, and I condemn it. And then you can say whatever you want if you think about uh, and you find a solution. This is not Fine, I'm not asking you to support Israel, mm-hmm. but trying to undermine what the horrors that happened there. Okay, I want you to give me Israelis' position
0: on the following. Uh, there is Resolution 58292 of the United Nations. Which one? 58292. That... In, in the initial part, it says it affirms the status of the Palestinian, Palestinian territory occupied since 1967, including East Jerusalem, uh, and remains one of military occupation, and it affirms in accordance with the rules and principles of international law and relevant resolution, etc. This et is so, from
1: 2016, right, this resolution?
0: It was on the 6th of May, 2004. Four, okay. Yes. So... From the United Nations point of view, at least this is resolution considers Israeli... And one more
1: question. This is a Security Council resolution or this is the General Assembly resolution? No, it's a General Assembly resolution. Ah, okay, good. It's important. It's a General of Assembly course. resolution, not yes. a Security Council
0: resolution. Oh. But there is also the decision of the International Court of Justice that repeats oh. these things. What is the question? The question is, why does the international community, if we say that the UN represents at least a part of the international community, views israeli as an occupying force is this unjustifiable is this position wrong
1: yes absolutely wrong you know the the palestinians Mm -hmm. it's very they can pass a resolution to the general assembly saying that the moon is made out of yellow cheese it's very easy they have an automatic majority Mm -hmm. if you think that this represents really what people think about this or what countries think about the situation you don't understand the politics of the united nations it's a Mm -hmm. lot of bargaining for different reasons there are a lot of groupings there together this is what, what it's easy to, to agree upon. We totally reject this. This is mm-hmm. nothing to do for us. This is these are not facts. Mm-hmm. But it's just a piece of paper that was that is politically motivated and means nothing to us.
0: Okay. So uh the the some allegations that there is no freedom of movement, that the Gazans stream is enclaved, that people uh, cannot come in and
1: out of uh, this We, we go back again, Gaza controlled by a terrorist yes, organization. Yes, controlled by Hamas, yes. So what are we supposed to do to let them free movement into Israel? I'm not understanding the question. we let them free movement so they can bring but, bigger guns as to, to far kill as us? As I know,
0: some Palestinians had the right
1: to go and work
0: in so, Israel, right?
1: Yes, so we, we, we had a policy that to try to elevate the situation in Gaza as much as we can mm-hmm. within this very complicated situation. So there were people that had permits to come into Israel. There were people that came to Israel to get to get uh, medical treatment, or they had some uh, other issues that needed. Uh, there was movement. There was movement mm-hmm. of of goods. Everything was. No, it's not a country. It's mm-hmm. it's it is a bit of a special situation there. Mm-hmm. Um, all this time, it's not as if all this time this is like, you know, a peaceful Singapore and we are the bad people denial of doing it. All this time they are shooting rockets at us. All this time they are digging tunnels. All this time mm-hmm. they're trying to hit, hurt us. All this time we're trying to balance between our security needs and protecting our people and trying to help as much as we can to have some sort of better living conditions in, in Gaza. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. It's is, is it is it is it fun to be in Gaza? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. Um... The, but you know, I have to only go back to two thousand and seven when Hamas takes control of Gaza. Yes, he can make a choice. They could, if they've, if they would have started rebuilding Gaza, investing there, if they would have shown the world that what they want to is live side by side in, in peace with Israel. I think things could have been different, but they don't want to. All they did and to say all their all their resources were, were invested in how am I going to kill more Israelis mm-hmm. and not in order for liberating us from the occupation, mm-hmm. in order to wipe out Israel and replace it with our Islamic state. This is what we were dealing with.
0: The fact that Israel was in the process to sign a peace agreement with Saudi Arabia, you think uh, was the reason that Hamas organized this in yeah. order to blow this. Uh,
1: I don't think this was the reason. You don't think it was the no, reason? I don't think it was the reason. For Hamas you, the reason was it wasn't related, you think? It's two different things. Is okay. it the reason or is it related? Is it it's not the reason. Hamas reason is that this serves his strategic purpose. He wants by this I think what I think that what Hamas was hoping is they create this shock and then they oh, sorry. You I'm you sorry. need to buy me a new camera. I'm I think sorry. <laughs> They, they, and then they hope maybe Hezbollah would join in, maybe the Iranians, maybe the Palestinians from the West Bank, and they can bring Israel to its knees. That was the reason. Mm-hmm. Having sabotaged also the possibility of having some sort kind of normalization between Israel and Saudi Arabia is a bonus. It's a, it's an added value. It's, it's good. I think it's, it's very much coincides with what Iran wanted. By the way, this attack couldn't have happened without Iran. This attack. I'm not saying that Iran said attack Israel on this and this day, but without the Iranian fund, funds, without the Iranian arms, without the Iranian technology, without the Iranian intelligence, without the Iranian know-how and training, Hamas couldn't have carried this out. Mm-hmm. This is what Iran is doing. Yes. With Hamas, with all the other proxies in the region, this is what the most dangerous nation yes. in the region and in general is Iran. Uh,
0: Christos Iagovo, that I was telling you that he was here on Monday, he's a political analyst and uh, an expert on the Middle East. He said that this could not have happened without Iran's involvement, assistance, and Great guidance. Minds. So the question is, how does Israel handle Iran? Because well, Iran is a country and it will be there even if Hamas is eliminated. No. So...
1: First of all, when you talk about Iran, talk about the Iranian regime. I have to be very clear about this. Yes. Okay. It's not Iran, the country. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of respect for the Iranian civilization, Persian civilization, and for Iran Mm -hmm. uh, for for many years. And we used to have good relations in the past with the Iranians. It's Iranian this regime and its extreme ideology and the way it's implementing its ideology. Israel has been very vocal, and it was one of the major players, I think, in the international community for years now, warning about Iran trying to help creating international coalitions against Iran, speaking about the need to put pressure on Iran. We are going to continue doing all of those things. We are doing it all the time together with our American friends, our European friends and others, trying to put as much pressure on Iran to change its behavior as possible. This is not going to change. Uh, It's not easy. Uh, I cannot say it's easy. but It's not easy. I mean,
0: it's something...
1: uh, If you you have
0: the source, uh, the problem there,
1: I mean... This is something that sometimes is hard to explain to Westerners. There's this feeling that they think that all people are like like us. They all want to live in peace and harmony with each other. They all want to provide for their families. They all cherish life over death. It's very hard to understand that there are different people in this world people that cherish death over life, people that what they think is the most important value is not living in peace and harmony, is trying to enforce what they think is right on others. Um, Iran has a policy of what they call exporting the Islamic revolution, and they're doing it forcefully Mm -hmm. and through many, many different means. This is what we are dealing with. They are not just like us in this regard. They are not. And without understanding this, I don't know how we can find a solution. Mm -hmm.
0: Let me uh, convey some messages to you,
1: Ambassador. Uh, please
0: convey to the Ambassador that we understand the situation. However, in order uh, to guarantee peace and not war, UN should be invited to take control of Gaza by international forces. So what's your comment on that?
1: First of all, the UN is very active in Gaza as we speak. A lot of the support that is being given to Palestinians is given through the UN agencies, UNRWA, and other agencies. Secondly, once we, once we can eliminate or eradicate Hamas, there will be plenty of room to discuss what kind mm-hmm. of, a, of a regime can be created there to try to um, uh, have some sort of peaceful life in Gaza. Mm-hmm. Another listener, please
0: convey to the ambassador that the Lord of Cypriots share the outrage and shock he feels not only due to the evil actions of Hamas, but due to the way people in the West are ready to justify terrorism. Thank you. Uh, Andreas Ambassador, if it comes out in the near future that Turkey has had its share of responsibility in enabling this uh, attack, for example, providing intelligence, how will this change Israel's uh response? Well, well, I, did you Did you listen to Mr. Erdogan's yes. speech?
1: No, not, not everything he said, but I know the. He said, the, "Hey, Israel,
0: <laughs> did you?" Yeah. So he said Hamas is not a terrorist organization.
1: No, he says many things. charity. He, he, said, there's a, there's, he said there's a country <laughs> he in, the northern, in the occupied area of Cyprus. He said this as well. It's a, yes. oh, it's a, so it's what's, your, what's
0: your comment? What, what did you feel when you listened
1: to his uh, speech? A, w- we know, Mr. Erdogan. We know Turkey. Uh, I can't say that there's any surprise on the Israeli side. Initially, he's, he was... There's no initiative. Erdogan. In the has been,
0: days, I mean, he didn't react, Erdogan has been and
1: remained the same person. In the last two years or so, there was an effort initiated by Turkey to try to have better relation with Israel. Yeah. In principle, we have an interest in having better relation with Turkey, but we are not confused. We know who are our friends in this region and who are not our friends. We know it very well. So, also with Turkey, we were very cautious throughout the whole time. There were some very clear terms that we had for this. Rapprochement with, with Turkey that were to a certain extent uh, accepted. Um, in principle, in general, we are not interested in turning Turkey into an enemy. We have an interest in having reasonable, normal, normal relations, relations with Turkey. Yes, and I don't think that any statements at the moment by Erdogan is going to mm-hmm. change this this uh, this view in principle. Um, Hamas, though, has offices in Turkey; it has
0: it has a presence. So. Uh, at, at least in theory, Turkey is, is a country that may be assisting Hamas and its operations. So, uh, of course, you know this, you don't you know, need me to 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 say it to you, but it's a fact. I mean,
1: All I can say in this regard I, I know. is that the issue of Turkey's relation with Hamas um, was a, a main subject of discussion between us and Turkey in this process, of um, warming up the relations. That's the most that's the most I can say in this regard. Mm
0: -hmm. A viewer asks how many operations Israel army had in the West Bank in which Hamas has limited presence? Uh, I I
1: don't know. uh, I don't have a number. I don't know. Okay.
0: How many victims did Israel have before the attack? Were there any victims from the rockets of Hamas?
1: Uh, I, I don't have numbers, but the answer is yes. We had mm-hmm. plenty of victims from rockets and from other attacks, also mm-hmm. from Hamas from Gaza. Yes.
0: Uh, another one, Nadasa. Curious to know what the demands of Hamas are in exchange of their Israeli hostages.
1: Well, I, I don't. I, I can. I can only guess. I don't know exactly because I'm not part of negotiation. But we know the reason that they took those hostages is because they want to free. All of the prisoners that Hamas that Hamas has in Israel. This is their goal, and I think this is what they're going to demand.
0: Another one. My name is Andreas. If we have a similar or or more drastic situation in Cyprus, will Israel fully support Cyprus in any way?
1: When you say support, it's a it's a tricky question. Yes, I well, I, 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 I mean, hope I
0: understand. He means if we have something from Turkey and if uh, we, uh, we I, I can uh, say
1: this Israel sees Cyprus as a, an important and strategic mm-hmm. ally and partner. Uh, I I I can I hope that nothing of this would be ever relevant, but I can sh- assure mm-hmm. you that if Cyprus is under attack, the solidarity and support that we were receiving from Cyprus, we will also would reciprocate and show the same thing to Cyprus mm-hmm. as well.
0: Okay, so Ambassador, we are towards the end and let's talk a little bit about the Cyprus-Israel relations. Can you tell us the the level of uh, the cooperation of the two countries. What do you feel about Cypriots, about Cypriot well, food? <laughs> oh, I love
1: Cypriot food. <laughs> Look, I, I, can, I can say a lot about the relations, but I'll, I'll, let me try to be... Yes, uh, as uh, uh, quickly uh, as possible. We are, uh, I, I think, in the, the we we have reached the highest level of relations between Israel and Cyprus ever, and this is still an ongoing trend. We are still climbing up this, this mountain towards mm-hmm. the peak. Um, there are so many... Uh, fields in which we are cooperating: uh, s- defense and security is one of them. Energy is one of them. Uh, political cooperation, three plus one, the trilateral relations with Greece. Uh, I can, go, I can go on and on and on. We disagree in
0: the energy thing, right? In the- we don't
1: disagree. We have negotiations on energy actually, we, we are we are looking into some cooperations on hmm. some of the issues. Uh, the only place there is a disagreement is about the Aphrodite Ishai yes. reservoir, in which I think that at least the government. Are very close to reaching a, an agreement. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about the companies, but we understand what are the principles of the agreement. Uh, we were hopeful that we can able to you know to conclude this by the end of this year. Maybe now things will be a bit a bit delayed, mm-hmm. but I'm 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 hopeful about this. Uh, it, it's a source of cooperation more, more than anything else.
0: Is there antisemitism in Cyprus? Asks one viewer hardly think, did you feel anything i mean that's a
1: Look, question. the thing is that in, 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 in these weeks because of the of the war in israel we see many more uh, uh, uh protests uh, demonstrations statements that we haven't seen before mm. that are very much anti-israeli and sometimes it's very hard to tell what is the thin line between being anti-israeli and being anti-semitic uh before that there were few uh, uh, incidents here and there. We have very good cooperation with the Cyprus government and the Ministry of Education. Mm-hmm. We have very good programs that we are doing together. Uh, we're also cooperating very well with the Ministry of Justice and the police. So I, I, I can't say there's nothing. Okay. I, I can say little and we have right. good cooperation on this issue.
0: Okay. And uh, finally, Ambassador, in your mind, is there a time scale as to when this will end or you cannot say?
1: It's cannot impossible. Say. I don't know.
0: It. Do you have any relations with the Palestinian ambassador
1: here? Have you ever met? There was only one time that, because of the situation we were facing each other, I congratulated him and said, good morning, sir. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to reply. And that, ah, that he was, didn't reply. No. Okay. This so was the only time that uh, something like this happened. Okay.
0: Okay, Ambassador, thank you very much. Uh, I think it was a very uh, fruitful discussion and uh, we discussed uh, about a lot of things. To my viewers that ask about the Palestinian perspective, of course, I will try to, to have someone from the Palestinian side, even the Ambassador, to, to say his views and uh, his position. I think it's, in, it's important to, to discuss... I don't feel comfortable in these situations because it's like we are viewers watching a tragedy. People are killed and we are trying to analyze complicated geopolitical issues and make up our minds. And this is unfair for the people that are in the field, for the people that are suffering and so forth. But I guess this is how it is. So I wish you all the
1: best. Thank you very uh, much. Thank this, you for having me. This conflict. And being patient with me, I appreciate it.
0: You, you you were very good uh, in the discussion. I <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I, I hope everything goes well for your family, Thank your you uh, daughter and, and for everyone there. And um, let's hope uh, this ends as soon as possible uh, for the good of the people of Israel, of Palestine and of the region and of the world in general. Uh, I will see you again next week. Thank you everybody for tuning in and have a nice weekend.